Hope you brought your King James Bible with you tonight. If you did, turn to the book of Psalms. should be in the middle of your Bible. Psalm, find chapter 90. Psalm chapter 90. Psalm chapter 90. Once you have found Psalm chapter 90, go down and find verse number 9. 90, verse number 9. Point out a couple of things as we go through these verses. Psalm, in the middle of your Bible, chapter 90, starting in verse number 9. The Bible said, For our days are passed away in thy wrath. We spend our years as a tale that is told. Verse 10. The days of our years are threescore and ten. And if by reason of strength they are fourscore years, yet is there strength, labor, and sorrow. For it is soon cut off and we fly away. Talking about death. Go to Psalm 103. Psalm 103. When you find that, find verse number 15. Psalm 103, verse number 15. As for man, his days are as grass. Huh? Am I not in the right place? As a flower of the field, so he flourisheth. For the wind passeth over it, and it is gone. And the place thereof shall know it no more. Look at verse, go, go, did I read 16? No, yes. Go to James chapter 4, way up in the New Testament, just past Hebrews. James chapter number 4. James chapter number 4, verse number 13. Let's go ahead and switch. James chapter number 4 and verse number 13. Go to now, ye that say, tomorrow, I'm sorry, today or tomorrow, we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and gain. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. We think a lot of ourselves, don't we? We make plans and we, we connive and uh, just like we, we know how long we're going to live and when it will all end and how important this is as opposed to what that is. And, and yet the Bible said, let me tell you how important you are. It's like grass, just cut down and taken away. It's like a flower that's here today and then it's gone. And yet we, we tend to build ourselves up or think of ourselves as being so valuable that the world couldn't possibly do without us. And yet I want to talk to you about some things here tonight. Father, thank you for the Bible. Thank you for the word of God. As I've often said, Lord, and you know it's true, we tend to believe that our reasoning our thoughts on any given subject, what we have studied and what we know is of utmost importance and my opinion should carry weight. Yet the only thing that really should carry weight and has truth forever is the word of God. I pray that you'll bless tonight, please, bring an understanding to all of us, even me who have studied this out and have, have, have known this as a truth. It tends to want to slip away and we forget about this truth. And I would rather that did not happen. So I ask you to please bless the dear people. 
Help those that are watching live stream, Lord, that it'll make sense to them also. Bring us all together to you someday, Lord. We look forward to that day when we'll be in heaven with our father, with our elder brother, with all the saints that have been saved. What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see, when I look upon his face and I thank him for his grace. Lord, watch over us, please. We love you. We thank you for saving us. Help us once again tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. All right, thank you. Dr. Jack, Dr. Jack Hiles tells a story that one day he went to two funerals. In those two funerals, one of them, he says, was a sweet, dedicated, soul-winning teenage girl. He did that funeral there. The other was a lady who had passed away when she was about 83 years old, lived a life herself, never got saved, and died later on in life. She did not know Christ as her Savior. At the end of the day, someone asked Brother Hiles, what a tragedy that the teenage girl died without being able to live for very long. And then the old lady is what they said. The old lady lived 83 years long. Brother Hiles said, no, that's not true. He said the teenage girl said, well, how long did the teenage girl live? He said the teenage girl lived longer than the older lady. And the person talking to him said, how can this be? How old was she? 16. How old was the old lady? 83. And Brother Hiles went on to say this. He said the old lady only lived a few years. Now, you know, you're, you're thinking along with me, and that's good. To be sure, he continued, she served more time, but she did not live as long. She breathed longer, but she did not live longer. Do you follow me? Brother Howes was teaching that, and one day, as I do, there are certain years that I do a lot of funerals or go to a lot of funerals. Other times, not so much. I'm not used to seeing Tamika. You sit back there. You look like you're backslid or something. And I go to a lot of funerals, and I read when I was at a funeral one time, I'm going to read you a poem at the end of the sermon that I heard that day at a funeral. When I was there and I heard this, this poem being read, I thought to myself, I wonder how much thought is in that. So I went around the cemetery. You ought to try it sometime. It sounds weird, but it'll help you understand some things. I walked around that cemetery and looked at the headstones and the markers of people that were there. Every marker, every headstone, every monument had at least two dates, a beginning and an ending. It had, if you would, a beginning of life and an ending of life. It had, if you would, a born date and a dead date. Every one of them had that, all of them without exception. I noticed some of those dates, when you added it up, were long periods of time. I mean, 80s, 90s, some was 112. I read others that, four years old died as an infant, 12 years old. You walk through the cemetery and you see these kinds of dates, but all of them, no matter how old or how young, had a date born and a date died. All of them, without excuse. Being the pastor and a parent and a father living over almost going on 72 years, beginning to perform many funerals, 
I let my mind and my emotions drift about each one of those I was reading. And I read when they were born, and first thing you want to do is this math thing. Boy, how old were they? So you take one, you know, the larger number, put the lesser number underneath, do the subtraction, and it tells you, right? Okay, am I, okay, I'm not trying to lose you here. Let's be careful. So what happened is I, I tried to put all of my thought and my emotions in what would this mean for the people that were still living, thinking about the people who had passed away. Every one of them had a born and had a died. The first date, born, what a wonderful thought that is. Born into this world. The excitement of birth, the anxiousness of boy or girl. Now, some of you get real sneaky. I don't think I want to know until it actually shows up. You know most of civilization, that's the way it worked. Now, so we find out here the picking of the room is going to be a boy, it's going to be a girl. The months filled with pain and uh, wondering what's going on and uh, all of the staying up late at night and there's not a man in here doesn't know that kind of suffering. The rush to the hospital. Y'all a little slow here tonight. The rush to the hospital. Everybody and his brother. This is what threw me. Everybody and his brother that said they were a doctor looking underneath the sheets. I'm thinking, who's that? That's not the doctor. No, that's an intern. He's trying to learn. Let him learn somewhere else. The pains increasing, the gloves, the masks, the tears, the screams. It's all there. Delivery. Here comes the head. Trying to figure out what's going on. The pain, everything is going on. Praying that all will be okay and then the rejoicing. I, I'm doing, this is what happens at birth. It's a boy. It's a girl. Life. Child. Pretty exciting time. This is the first date on the market. This is the first date on the market. Every one of them had a birth, a beginning, a time when we call life began in this world. The second one says died. It's all said. It says died. The other date or the date of death brings an entirely different set of emotions and thoughts. Listen to me now. We need to quit running in and out. Everybody sit still. Ushers, help me. Listen very carefully. Much of it has to do with according to how much sorrow or tears or whatever to what kind of life they lived, how they passed away how close we were to them, what kind of relationship we had, how much suffering they went through, and so on and so forth. Usually it's not a time of rejoicing. We tell people, I don't want any crying when I pass. I want everybody crying when I pass away. I want people in convulsions. I want the, oh, he's left us. Oh, what's going on? I want the whole thing, okay? I, I want police up and down, 21 gun salute. I want the whole nine yards. From birth, that word, to this word here, completely different set of emotions and thoughts about the same person. Completely different altogether. I walked through that cemetery, and here's some of the things that I read on those gravestones. I miss you so badly, said a wife or a husband of 11 years. A child of two days had toys flowers around their gravestone. Two days. Signs and words of a family to their mother who had passed away. You'll see all that in a cemetery. A son and daughter 
on that gravestone said, you were the best dad in the world. I read that on there. I watched as a dad and family took water and flowers to the grave of a daughter of 23 years old. Some had many years between the birth and the dying. Lots of years. 70, 80, 90 years or more. Some had 21, 11 days, 14 months, 16 years. All of those were in there. And all of them, no matter how long they lived or how short they lived, had those same two dates. All of them did. Birth and death. These two dates are very important in everyone's life. Everyone's life. There's a day when you're born or you're not in this world and there's an appointed time to die. Everybody has them. Everybody has them. So important, in fact, that all other dates are eliminated except those two. Stop and think about it. They don't put, oh, by the way, this year was a great year for them. You don't see that on there. They had a born and they had a die. They had a beginning and they had an end. I want you to look carefully, though, on those grave markers, on those, on those uh, stones, and I want you to understand. You see a birth, you see a death, but there's something else there. Did you get it? You see what it was? There was a dash. There was a dash on there. They call it the dash between the years. Most of us don't think too much about it, but actually you think more about that than you do the other two dates put together. When we look back over a friend or loved one's life, we really don't think about their birth. And we only momentarily think about the day they died. What we really think about is their life, which is represented by a dash on that tombstone. Their whole life is wrapped up in a dash. Your life is not birth and your life is not death. Your life is in between those two. Everybody in this world has to be born in here and everybody will die. Neither one of those is representative of your life. The dash does that. That little dash between those two important dates is really who you are and what you are while you were here. A dash. A dash represents, no it doesn't. It's when we think between those two dates. That's your life. What do people remember? What did you do before you left this world? Many, as Job did, Job actually cursed the day he was born. His life got so bad in his older age, he actually cursed. I wish I'd never born. I wish that when, when my uh, mom found out I was born, she'd have just killed me. He, he was that sad. He was that distraught. He said, I wish this had never happened, but it did. But when you think of Job, you don't think about, I remember the day he was born. You don't do that. You think of his life. Actually, we don't even think of his death. We think of how he lived his life. While at a funeral or someone is passed away and is buried, we mourn, but we don't really mourn that they died. We mourn about we're missing their what? Life. What they meant to us, what they did while they were there. This is what we're actually missing. That time between birth and death on that gravestone is represented by a dash. That's all. It doesn't even seem right, does it? But that's the way that it is. You say, preacher, I thank God I was born into this world. That's wonderful. But what about the dash? What about the dash? 
He said, Preacher, I'm not afraid to die. I'm ready to die. That's great. But what about the dash? See, you have a birth and you have a death. But what about the dash? That's your life. We read or hear that a person who lived for 112 years, and we marvel at that. By the way, I don't marvel at that. I don't want to do that. And you may be striving for all your worth to live to be over 100. I don't want to strive with you. Don't even want to go near that. Honestly, I don't. I'm not making that up. I, I'm so fed up with this world and all the temptation and all the hurt and all the sadness and all that, and God has been tremendously good to me. I don't understand a person wanting to hit, like that's a milestone. Yeah, I made it to 100. Why? What's the big deal? Many years, oh, we hear of a child that died. And instantly we say things like this, before it's time. They should have been able to live longer. But their life is represented, if you would, by dash. They were born, they died. It might have been two days. Somebody else's may have been 112. We spend time on this earth, which folks, what they're going to remember about us is what we live that's represented by the dash between those two years, birth and death. Most folks I know are so concerned about when they will die or how, they miss the most important thing of their life, and that's how they live. The most important thing in your life is not when you were born or when you died. How did you spend the dash? That's your life. Think about that. Are we so foolish to believe it is the dash, your time with God, between you and him and on this planet? What does it amount to? If you had to value your life right now for the cause of Christ, what would you put in the dash? What has your life accumulated or mattered to you said, preacher, I'm only 18. There are people in the graveyard at 18 years old. Yeah, but I'm way up in years, and there are people there a lot older than you in that graveyard. They had a birth, and they had a death. That is not what judges a person. That is not what a person's life consists of. It is the dash between the years. So many spend their years, the Bible said, as a tale that is told. A made-up story. Not real. Well, this is what I'm going to do, and this is what I want to be, and this is what I hope to be, and this is what I used to be, and all of this is going on. Ladies and gentlemen, that's not what your life is made up of. We waste valuable days so quickly they turn into years, which can never be recovered. We read in the Psalms about the days of our years. Everybody has days. But then he turned right around and talked about the years. How quickly? Those days turn into years. We call them decades and, and centuries and those kinds of things. But understand, the Bible talks about days of our years. We're wasting days which have turned into years. And that dash is all you've got between birth and death to represent your entire life. God has given all of us a certain amount of time. How many days have you spent on selfishness? How many days have you spent me, mine, ours? How many years wasted chasing the elusive money, rainbow, convincing yourself when I get where I think I need to be, I'll serve the Lord and give to his work? You know how often I've heard that promise? How many years have we wasted? 
How many years have gone by in coldness or numbness while we're sitting in church and even when shouting and praising God's going on, you stare as though this has nothing to do with you whatsoever? What about the bitterness? How many days, how many years have been wasted in bitterness or hatred or envy or jealousy or striving? Days turned into years and we still, when a name is called out or an incident is mentioned, boy, it's like somebody stuck a, stuck a, stuck a thorn in our eye. Oh, how many, how many years you wasted? The dash between the years. That one day others will view at the head of your gravestone and say, well, you take Jordan. If Jordan died tonight, I was there at his birth, I'd be there at his death. That's not what you remember about Jordan. You remember his life. And his life is represented, if you would, on a tombstone by a little dash maybe that big. What are you doing between birth and death? What are you wasting on or what are you building? Others view that headstone. It will not be your birth. It will not be your death. It will be the dash between the years that people think of you. We start talking about even at a funeral. You know, I remember when. You don't talk about their birth. You talk about incidences in their life. You talk about episodes in their life. You talk about stories in their life. You basically are talking about what makes them them. That's in that dash. If you keep wasting time and weeks and months and years, how long do you think you have to set things straight now? How many years have you wasted? How much time has gone by with you? I mean, filled with you. I mean, I come first. I have to take care of me, you know. That's what people will remember. See, once you pass away, people remember what they saw or heard or felt, their relationship with you. They don't make stuff up at that point. They don't have to. They don't have to be careful about what they say or didn't say. You're dead. Your life is all that matters at that point. Setting things straight, working for God, work a bus route, raise a good godly family, help build a local church, establish a school to train young people to do that, winning souls, use your talent for God. That's what you fill that dash up with. Others, Lord, yes, others, let this my motto be. It should be about others. Jesus died for others. He did not die for himself. I'm supposed to be a Christian, Christ-like. I'm not supposed to live for George Bell. I am supposed to be living for others like Jesus lived for me. The Bible said a man's days are as grass, as a flower of the field, so he flourishes. Look at that beautiful flower. Two days later, it's all shriveled up and dead, brown. And yet we will baby and pamper and fertilize and clip and do all these other kind of things. They're not lasting forever. Neither will your life. What is my life? It's a vapor. It's here and it's gone. It is the dash between the years which God has given us. Not birth. God gave us the life. He didn't give us the birth. Somebody else did that. He didn't give us death. He gave us life. I'm not talking about eternal life. I'm talking about your life, what you're doing with that. These are not in our power. Life and death, birth and, and, and death is not, in our, not supposed to be. Birth is the beginning and death is the end. Life is in between. So I'll ask you again. 
how much of that three score ten has already been wasted on frivolous things? I think this is very sobering. I think we need to think about that. We live in a day of time and let's play and run and have fun. Not necessarily against that, but I just want you to know your life is all being put into that dash period in your life. You say, I got saved when I was 20. All right. So you've already wasted 20 years. If you live to be three score and 10, that's 70. You still have 50 years to turn things around. You have 50 years to fill up that dash with things that really matter. You still have that time. How long have you been saved? 20 years? How many of those 20 years have you spent on stuff? Most of them? How often have you been backslidden? How long did you walk in coldness? And it did not matter if you you wasted all those years. Hold on, hold on. That will be in that dash. But all you have is what happens between birth and death. That's all the time anybody has. And God said, take that life that I gave you and live for me. It's not our life to do what we want. Though we have a will, God wants us to use that for him. How many of those years have you spent backslidden, lazy, selfish? Most? Some? A week? 15 years? 20? 30 years? How long? That means if you got thoroughly right with God and man and made every day count, you still have 30 years to fill that thing up and make it count for something. Ladies and gentlemen, listen to me. In God's dear name, quit wasting precious time that God gave you. He gave you life, not for you to do what you want. That's like we say in America, I have freedom to do what I want. No, you have freedom in America to do what you should. What's ruining America is all of us doing what we want. No, you have a right to do what you should. And God gave you eternal life and said, you're mine. Live for me. And I'm supposed to be filling my life up with Jesus Christ, not with George Bell and what George Bell has. God is not against you having stuff, but our stuff is starting to have us. That's a big problem. Make that dash between the years mean something, filled with something. Make that dash between the years filled up with good work. Precious things, souls, bus routes, Sunday school. Invest in a child somewhere. Invest in a young couple somewhere. Look, we've got all kinds of young adults starting to come to our church again. Have you taken time out of your busy schedule to invest in any of them? Fill it up working with others. Fill it up with a life of forgiveness. Fill it up with forgiveness. Submission to authority, working for God, sacrificing, caring, giving. There's all kinds of things you can fill it up with other than you. Fill it up with good memories of family and friends and church folks. How will that dash reveal your life? Will it be filled up with pouting? Self-pity? Martyr's complex? Troublemaker? unfriendly, must get your way or you stub up and quit, you're going to fill, you only got a certain amount of time, you're going to fill it up with stuff like that? Will it be filled with jump from church to church, divorce, forsake family, she ran the home, he wouldn't get his family in subjection, their kids are rotten? Have nobody in mind. They never really fit in, did they? 
Is that what your life is filled up with? How will that dash be read or thought of? Faithful. Loyal. Never quit. That's an honest person. Easy to get along with. Separated for God. Boy, that person knew their Bible. That was a prayer warrior over there. Somebody who walked with God, loved God's people, quick to forgive, used their talent for God, always involved anytime they possibly could. It will be read and remembered. We will all have a born, all of us, and a died. I've never just talked about that at a funeral. I've never heard testimony given about they were born and died because that's not your life. It's what we do in this life between the birth and the death that makes all the difference of what our life mounted to. What will people remember as they concentrate on the dash of your life? Well, just stop and think. By the way, don't, 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 don't build yourself up. Don't inflate yourself. She broke her parents' heart. Is that what they'll remember? Well, I remember her. Boy, she broke it. He left home and never did return. Is that what they'll remember? You don't know how many funerals I have done where teenagers and other family members are crying uncontrollably, and it's not because they just missed them. Because they stood their ground and grinned their teeth throughout life, making somebody pay, and then when mom or dad or a friend died, they couldn't get right with them anymore. Yeah, I remember them. They split a good church, didn't they? He wrecked another man's marriage. He embarrassed his mom and dad all of their life. Is that what people are going to remember? It won't matter at that time whether you justified or did. That's what they're going to remember. He embarrassed his mom and dad. Very talented but couldn't be used because they refused to get along with other people. This church is overflowing with talent and ability and education. You name it, we got law. We really do. I go to other churches, and without trying to say so, I feel bad for them because they don't have near what we have here. And you walk in and out of this church like, oh, yeah, when are they going to start showing this, and when don't they change that video, and why don't they try to do Do you understand most churches don't have near what God has blessed us with here? And to whom much is given, much is required. God wants us to do something great because God has given us great things to work with. It will not be your birth, folks, remember. It will not be your death, they remember. It will be the dash and how you spend it between you and the dead. What will the dash reveal? She always hindered her husband from going all out for God or she always encouraged him to give his all to the Lord. Which one? Which one? Which one? Ladies, listen to me. You get real selfish. Honey, you're always at the church. Better than always being at the bar. See, what you want, you don't want an all-out for Christ, and you don't want a worldly, sinful, uncontrollable. You want a lap dog. Hill, honey. Hill. When I said you need to stay home, you need to stay home. Shame on you. Shame on you. He always took care of his own and made sure that the best was provided for them. Or he helped everybody in every way he possibly could. It's your life. That's what that dash is going to represent. Which one's it going to be for you? They never really liked the school or the church. 
They didn't want their kids to go to public school. That's why they put them in there. Do you know that doesn't convince your kids that they ought to be Christian students? They always were upset that they're not an assistant pastor, the music director, the head deacon, the youth pastor, the principal, or whatever you want, preacher. I can't believe I'm being used at all. It's really hard for us to humble ourselves. I mean, we have so much to offer. Does he happen to know how much education I got? Don't take this wrong. Do you know how much I don't care? Preacher, I'm so talented, I could do it. Talent and education has ruined a lot of Christians. Next to that, if not above that, is money. Ruins us. That's why God gives so little to us sometimes. We don't know what we're doing with that. Our lives are not made up of our birth or our death. It is made up of the days and the months of years God has given us between those two. Do you understand the value of your life? If the dash in your life stopped this week, the dying was finally put on there. And it said July the 6th, 2023. What would the dash reveal? Look up here. Mateo, listen. Pay attention. Your life to do anything for God and others has come to an end. It's too late. David said, who can praise you in the grave? Who can sing to you in the grave? Nobody. Nobody. You can't make up after that happens. Ladies and you young adults in here, you listen to me, listen to me well. Job is not your life. Christ, Christ is your life. That happens to be a job. They're making you think without that you can't survive. I beg to differ with you. That is not true. You're afraid to trust Christ past this point because the world has told you money and finance and job is everything. It is not. I'm talking now, we need money here at the church. And I'm telling you, that's not what it's all about. Look, God gives all the money he wants. By the way, it comes through you. Never happens. We don't have time to live for self. We don't have time to just live for family. We don't have time to just live for our marriage. Something happens to us. We live a long time and do without, and all of a sudden, we deserve. I deserve some time. I deserve this, and I deserve Every one of these guys go like, preacher, glad you got a car. You deserve it. I said, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I don't know about that. I just wanted a car. I needed a car. I was able to get a car. Deserving had nothing to do with it. I'll let God worry about it. Thousands of people are dying and going to hell. Families need instruction. You would not believe the conversations that I have from people who come here that used to go to other churches have no idea what the simplest things of the Bible talk about. They are so confused in their doctrine. They're taking verses, preachers and and whoever out there, taking verses over here and making it fit what they want. And then they come here and go, that made sense, but I've never heard that before. Where'd you just go to church? Well, I went to uh, the tree of death somewhere. And uh, 
and I listened to everything they had to say, and I went to Worldly Harvest, and and I went to the I went to the church underneath the viaduct, and I went to all the other, and I, they never said that. I said, I don't, whether they said it or not, all you should know is, is it in the Bible? It's not in the Bible. And they come here and go, that made sense. I said, it's not whether it makes sin or not, sense or not. Is it in the Bible? Children need teachers. They need examples. They need challenging. Listen to me, mom and dad. They need challenging according to the Bible. Your kids will exist without vacation, believe it or not. They'll exist without Christmas. Don't tell them I said that and they're all going, huh? That's false doctrine. They will. At the moment they make money, you'll go in debt for Christmas that you cannot afford and they won't remember two months later what you got them. They'll do without birthdays. You say, how, preacher, how do you know? Because our kids did. I'm not saying they have to. I'm just saying quit making that paramount. There's a lot more things that are more important. We need to start packing everything we can into every day for the cause of Christ and others. Because when you die, your life is in that dash right there. And people will begin to reminisce about you. And they'll begin to think about you. And they'll say things like this. You know what I remember? And that's what they'll say. The poem. I read of a preacher who stood to speak at a funeral of his friend. He referenced to the dates on her tombstone from the beginning to the end. He noted that first came the date of her birth and spoke of the following date with tears. But he said what matters most of all was the dash between, this is what was read at the funeral that captured my attention, between the years. For that dash represents all the time that she spent alive on earth. And now only those who loved her know what that little line is worth. For it matters not how much we own cars and houses and cash. What matters is how we lived and loved and how we spent the dash. So think about this long and hard. There are things, are there things you'd like to change? For you never know how much time you have left. You could be at dash mid-range. If we could just slow down enough to consider what's true and real and always try to understand the way other people feel, be less quick to anger, to show appreciation more, to love the people in our lives like we've never loved before. If we treat each other with respect and more often wear a smile, remembering that this special dash might only last for a little while. So when your eulogy is being read, with your life's actions to rehash, would you be pleased with the things they say about how you spent your dash? There are times in that dash I would rather people not know. But that's not the end of the dash and what we build. We have time to make change. We have time to adjust. We have time to rearrange what we think is more important and less important. 
God saved you, my dear friend. And he didn't save you so you could make the world rich. He didn't save you so you could fit in here. He saved you for him. And when a Christian eulogy is read, when something is said about you, when all your Christian friends and family talk about you, what will they say when death is now the end of the day? What will they say? She was selfish. She didn't seem to care. She never gave anything to the Lord. He worked four or five jobs and really didn't help too many people. Boy, they just sat in church and stared and didn't amount to too much. You, okay, let me get this straight. God gave you eternal life, and you didn't deserve that. God gave you and blessed you with everything you got. And now we hang on to it with our grubby little paws like I have to take care of me. When you didn't have anything, Jesus took care of you. He daily loaded it. We're so afraid to lose what we never gained except God gave it to us. What is wrong with us? striving, no fussing. You were overlooked time and time again. And you knew who knew about you? Daddy. You have to tell everybody you were overlooked. Why? That's part of the dash. You were hurt, so you hurt back. That's part of the dash. That's what people will remember. Not so much your birth. I was the day there the day he was born. That's about it. as to how that works out. But that's not your life. Your life is the dash between those two years. Young people, you do not have all your life to start getting serious about God. Serve thy creator in the days of thy youth before the evil days come. Trust me, my evil days are here. I hurt. I can't concentrate sometime. I had to wear glasses, hearing aids, false teeth, uh, depends, uh, orthotics, uh, I'm not even myself anymore. I'm not sure what all this stuff belongs to. I'm kidding about some of it. Anyway. Did you ever have a sense of humor at all? Seriously? Most young people think you're not mature if you giggle and smile and laugh. I'm mature. How stupid you look. Everybody's laughing and clapping. Like it, like it's below you. No, you haven't come up to that level yet. It's not below you. You're adding information to the dash called your life. How will you want to be remembered? By the way, it's not how you want to be remembered. It's what you do. That's what they'll remember. Are you okay with that? Are you okay with that dash so far. If not, you're still alive. You could make some changes. You could start adding some real value to that dash before you get it. Let's pray, Father.